It was the race of my life, and I was getting out of there. Carrie Mugridge is an experienced runner, but this, this was a first. I started throwing elbows, just machine gun elbows. Her self-defense training helped Mugridge escape an attack on a Lawrence Trail on a summer morning back in 2018, and she's not alone. This is so common, and I just didn't know it. You're used to seeing us on the evening news. This conversation is different. I'm Haley Harrison. This week on The Pod, editor-in-chief of Women's Health Magazine and Kansas City, Missouri native, Liz Plosser. I have a great conversation with Liz today on the show, but before we give Liz a call, here's a pretty staggering and frankly upsetting number. A Runner's World survey finds 84% of women say they've been harassed on a run. We're talking everything from catcalls to groping. Runner's Alliance is an initiative between Runner's World and Women's Health empowering women runners. Olathe Base Garmin just jumped on board. Here's my conversation with Liz Plosser. This call is now being recorded. Uh, Liz, you were uh, in Kansas City in Olathe at Garmin very recently as part of Women's Health's initiative with Runner's World Magazine and the Runner's Alliance. Uh, And I'm going to ask you all about that. But first, you are a Kansas City native. This is is home for you. Yes, it was wonderful to be home. Um, I was born and raised in Kansas City, and my folks and my little sister still live there. So it was really fun being there for work and this project that I'm really passionate about, but also in my hometown. You are a marathon runner. You're a triathlete. (laughs) What would you say maybe is your favorite place to go for a run when you're back home visiting family? Oh, my gosh. Well, I grew up running with my dad, and we have all sorts of routes all over town with various names. But I have to say, um, living near the Nelson Nelson Atkins Museum of Art, I love just heading out from my, my house and up what we call the Steepsy Weepsy Warnell Hill and around Loose Park. That's a great one. Yeah. Lots of Kansas City sites to see on that route. Yes, very iconic run. <laughs> um, getting to Runners Alliance here, the uh, Runners World did this survey, and we, we just um, informed our viewers and listeners about some of the statistics here. They found 84% of women said that they had experienced some kind of harassment while they were running that left them feeling unsafe. Uh, Liz, would you say that you are included in that 84%? Unfortunately, I can say, I can raise my hand and say that I'm one of those 84% of runners who have felt this way um, on the road. So um, fortunately, Mike, I've had a couple of experiences. None of them have been, you know, life-threatening and just left me, you know, with a little scrape on my knee. But it was very scary, and it's it's definitely stuck with me ever since it happened. I can imagine. I can imagine. How, how do you define harassment? I know that that can include a lot of things. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and we left it purposely broad, um, and there's there's quite a spectrum from, you know, something as seemingly harmless but can be very impactful emotionally and mentally, like being catcalled um, or your appearance being called out while you're running to something really serious, like being assaulted um, or even, you know, resulting in being hospitalized or something um, like that. How, you, you know, you mentioned you've had personal experiences. For you and for the women you've talked to, how does harassment maybe change somebody's relationship with exercise and with running? Well, it's so sad because 
running is such a, a joyful thing. Um, it makes you healthier and happier. I know when I run, I always feel stronger and clearer and more confident afterwards. And when you experience something where you, you know, fear for your safety, um, it changes your relationship with something that should just make you feel really good. Um, and I will say from my personal experience, um, one of the times that I was harassed on the run, I was doing everything right. I was, I was running early in the morning and yes, it was dark out, but I was running with girlfriends on a well-lit path in a park near my apartment in Brooklyn. Um, and you know, uh, a guy who was running in the opposite direction shoved me hard and I lost my balance and fell to the ground. And all of my, you know, my two friends and I just were sort of in a state of shock and disbelief. Um, and we still talk about it. I was actually just talking, I went running with two girlfriends this morning and we were remembering that moment when it happened. And this was years ago. What happened to, to the guy? Did he just keep going? Did you confront him? He just kept going. I think I yelped out like, ah, you know, in sort of shock and also because it hurt. Um, and I would say there was a stunned silence afterward, but we were not going to go chase him down. It was dark outside. Um, and I, I remember vividly afterwards as we were sort of trying, we started running again. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't seriously injured. Thank goodness. Um, and I, I remember in that moment really wanting to finish my run, like to prove to myself and whoever that stranger was that he wasn't going to take my morning run from me. Um, but we couldn't, even between the three of us, we couldn't even specifically describe what he looked like. It all just happened so quickly and was su such a surprise to us. You know, I think that what you experience, I, I, I imagine that it's, it's a common uh, shared experience for women who are in these situations, and maybe some women listening to this even understand that fear of confronting somebody. And, and I don't know that you had fear of that in that moment, but, you know, for some there is a fear of escalating a situation when something like this happens. What kind of advice do you have for when a woman should confront somebody or how they should do that if, if they're being harassed? Yeah. Obviously, there's kind of a spectrum of, of situations. You can't speak to everything, but, but what's your best advice? Well, so when Runner's World and Women's Health were um, initially reporting out this project, it was um, our, our first attempt was, or I guess I should say, one of the biggest missions we had was to give women real actionable tips that they could take out onto the road with them immediately. And one thing we learned in reporting it is that there's something called the bystander effect. And that really applies to whether you're, you know, just a person from afar watching it happen, or you're tangentially related to the situation, or you're in it yourself, which is this fear of doing something or thinking that someone else is going to help you or step in. Um, but it's just proven scientifically that as humans, we sort of diffuse that responsibility and don't take that action. So we're urging you to do something. Um, and as you said, it really, really depends on the situation. But one thing I have learned is that our strongest, most powerful thing we can do is to be loud, be fierce, and make ourselves heard. So in retrospect, I wish I had been louder. I wish my friends had yelled. I wish I had called the police right after to report it. 
Uh, Liz, I know, as you know, because there's a piece about this uh, on Runner's Alliance, which I'm going to link to in the show notes, uh, this is an issue that just exploded last summer here in Kansas City because Carrie Muggridge was on a run in Lawrence, Kansas, and she was physically attacked. It was a story that we had covered extensively at the time. And, you know, she told this story of fighting off her attacker. She was able to escape. And Carrie has become this huge advocate of women learning self-defense. Uh, yeah. Do you recommend do you recommend that for all women who are running, or kind of what's how do you feel about women learning self defense? I 110 percent recommend it. Um, you know what Carrie went through. My heart goes out to her and to her family. But if any good can come of it, it's that she is amplifying that message. Um, we, in um, partnership with Runners World, have been filming a documentary called Not Today. And it features three women who were assaulted on the run. Two of them, very, very sadly, um, they died because of it. Um, one of them mm. survived her attack. Um, Kelly Huron is her name. And she credits the fact that she happened to have taken a self-defense class through her work three weeks before the attack happened. And wow. it empowered her to fight back. Um, she couldn't remember all the specifics of, you know, what exact tools and skills she had learned that day, but she remembered to claw and to fight and to make noise, and she credits that with saving her life. So, while a self-defense class can seem like, you know, a nuisance that it's just one more thing to add to your already busy schedule, or maybe you're even feeling a little bit anxious about having to hear and learn about those things, I promise you that if you put yourself through one of these workshops or classes, whether it's an hour or, you know, a day long or longer, you will come out of it feeling empowered, stronger, and you will have really life-saving skills that you'll take with you for the rest of for all your years to come. I had posted this story on my Facebook page, and a guy reached out, and he really kind of, like, bristled at the idea of all of this. And, and he was making this argument. He says, you know, I'm a big time runner and I, I see women on their headphones oblivious to their mm-hmm. surroundings all the time. Um, you know, at what point is it their responsibility? Is that guy right? Okay. So there's absolutely, you should be taking precautions of for your personal safety and actually running with headphones in to the point that you can't hear things that are happening around you. And I would add traffic and, you know, vehicles and things like that, mm-hmm. along with um, predators or assaultants who are on the streets. Don't do that either. And, you know, as we recommend in our, in our runner's world and women's health pieces, run with one headphone out or um, a lot of um, headphones and earbuds have settings where you, it's something called transparency where you're not completely cocooned and in a vacuum and you can you at least have some sense of what's happening in your surroundings. So yeah, do, do take charge of your personal safety, but I would disagree with this person you reached out to on Facebook because it shouldn't be happening. You know, we should be allowed to run and feel safe and enjoy that activity without it being on us that, you know, you ran in a, at a time of day that was unsafe or you should have been wearing something different or you should have had more people with you. Because the sad reality is, even if you do every single thing right and check every single box, this can still happen to you. So really what the Runners Alliance is about is um, putting a lot of the onus onto communities and really empowering communities to help keep women safe on the run. And, you know, and I think on the flip side, too, there are a lot of guys out there who maybe want to know what can they do to make women feel more comfortable or safe if they're passing them maybe on a trail and they're alone or something like that. Is is there any any advice for that? 
Um, I mean, I'm so glad that you raised that because although, you know, this is a women's health issue, this is certainly not something that only women should be talking about. Um, and there are so many men out there who want to be, have the best intentions and want to support women and help them feel safe. So, um, I would say number one, get involved, go to, go to our website to learn more, um, learn how as a man who's a bystander witnessing this, you can help a woman who's in this situation or just another human being. It doesn't have to be a woman. Um, I'm a big fan of showing as you see, um, another runner approaching that friendly Midwest, Midwest, um, you know, wave hello or good morning or good evening or whatever it is. You know, just being home in Kansas City, I was reminded how lovely that is, not just on a human connection <laughs> level, but as a, a great way to signal um, to others that, you know, you're safe and we're in this together. Yeah. At what point, and maybe you have some insight on this with your team there at Women's Health, but at what point did this conversation go from something that uh, almost every woman says that they've endured personally yeah. and, and, and alone to, to how did it get to a point where women are like, okay, we are fed up with this. Let's do something about it. Um, well, I'm glad the conversation is finally happening because I think you're right. I think this is something probably that are, you know, people are, have been talking about for many years, but I think there's something in the air right now. Um, whether it's, you know, inspired by all these conversations that have been, um, happening in the media around equal pay and, you know, the U.S. women's national soccer team winning the World Cup for the second year in a row. I think, like, women are owning their power and their voices right now, and we're sort of tired of just being complacent in this situation. We're ready to stand up and take action. And I think men are, you know, right beside us and our partners in that. Tell me what Garmin just did recently. That They're getting involved now with this. Yes. So Garmin is one of um, the primary sponsors of Runners Alliance, and we are eternally grateful for their support. Not only are they, you know, a huge company with worldwide reach, um, but they are passionate, passionate supporters of this cause and our mission to um, help people sweat and feel good and active and safe while they're doing all of that. Um, so, you know, Garmin invited us out to Kansas City to really educate their employee base about this issue. Um, we filmed our Not Today documentary for their staff um, and hosted a couple of self-defense workshops. So really, they've been, like, since day one, one of the, um, like, proponents, advocates, and, and partners on this. And really, phase one was about awareness, and we're just starting to have conversations about what the future will look like because, you know, I want this to be more than just, alerting people to the issue and really creating an action plan and taking those next steps to, to give people the tools and tips they need to, to change the world. Along with Garmin, uh, we have another wonderful partner, Hoka One One, which is a, a fantastic sneaker brand, and they too are really committed to this cause and this mission, and they're helping women's health and runner's world get the word out and help people take action. And is this something that's, uh, that you guys, uh, can, can, can women read about this in not only on the website, uh, again, which I'm going to link to, but but in Women's Health Magazine, too, are these issues coming up there as well? Um, yes. So Runner's World and Women's Health both did big features. Um, we each did our own version for our mm -hmm. you know, unique audiences. But this is, this is not over yet by any means. Um, running is 
one of the activities that women's health readers love, love, love to do. So we'd be covering running in some way, shape, or form anyways, but we're really committed to continue to cover it um, in upcoming issues, and we'll continue to support it digitally and across all of our channels. So Runners Alliance is, is definitely going to be a tentpole for both of our brands. Yeah, I just love the empowerment element of it and uh, providing women with some information, some advice, and ideas. It's great. Thank you so much. We're really excited about it. And I have to say the reaction and the impact it's already making just in the short amount of time has been tremendous, like nothing I've seen in my entire career in journalism. So it's super inspiring to be part of this. Well, thank you. And thanks for joining us here for the uh, for the podcast and for, for the conversation. It's so great to uh, finally, quote unquote, meet you. <laughs> thank you. You too. It's good to talk to another Kansas City. <laughs> Thanks so much to Liz for taking the time to talk about this issue that is so vitally important, really a life or death issue. A quick show note here before we go. Hearst Communications owns both KNBC and Women's Health Magazine. If you like our podcast, we would ask you to do us a favor. Leave us a nice review, rate us, and go ahead and tell a friend too. And thanks for listening.